And um, good morning. That's the first thing on my note, so I'm going to start with that just to jump in. Uh, good morning. We, this morning, we're going to resume with our uh, foundation series. Uh, we, we took a couple weeks break to celebrate our first birthday, which was on September 10th. And uh, after that, last week, we had what I would call an Ephesians 4 visit from Steve Sudworth. Uh, Steve leads a church that we partner with at Church in the City. Um, and the reason that we do that is because we believe in the Ephesians, we use the term Ephesians 4, but it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, I want to read it to you guys. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So briefly, what these verses are saying, that in order for the church to be built up, and, and mature in unity, in faith, and in the knowledge of Jesus, we need to, to um, invite these gifts in, and, and, and recognize these gifting, because they are adding to the building of the church, and, and Jesus is the one that gave the church these gifting. Uh, so not one church will have all five gifting. So we need to accept and receive those who come in. But also these people are not only recognized, but they are very faithful in, uh, in to the teaching of scriptures in terms of practicing it. And, they, and we see the fruit both in the ministry and in the personal life. Uh, so anyway, so last week, Steve, through his teaching gift, brought a very timely reminder for us, just a quick reminder for, for us about last week to continue in, in finding our confidence in Jesus, to continue in boasting only, boasting only in the cross of Jesus Christ. Just as we sang in the song earlier, we will boast only in Jesus. And it was mainly from the verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the word has been crucified to me and I to the word. So not boasting is a reminder for us to not boasting in our educations, not boasting in, in where we came from, our backgrounds, our finance, our capabilities, our giftings, or our abilities, or just anything, our popularity, boasting only in the cross of Jesus. This is something that we want to remind ourselves daily because as we do this, we will find our confidence in Jesus. We will find our security in Jesus, find our identity in Jesus because we want to find our identity in Jesus, not the people around us, not the things that are being taught, not, not thing, the things that we see in the news. And when we do that, we will be able to live with rest and peace. And we will be able to truly live as the people the, follow, the people of God, right? To the sons and daughters of the God Most High. So essentially, that was what Steve brought last week, and I wanted to encourage those who were not here to listen to his sermon on our website. And uh, also, we actually do have a podcast now on iTunes. So if you go on there and search for Restoration Church, uh, the line will show up. But beware, there are many, many Restoration Churches out there. I didn't realize that. So, so anyway, for the foundation series this morning, we will go through the topic of our Heavenly Father, the heart of God. We have gone through many different topics, and we will continue to work through this foundational series. And as a reminder, we do this so then we, each of us, uh, it, it may be a reminder for some, but we want all of us to be able to have a better understanding, better grasp of what these elementary teachings are, what these foundational topics are, because this is from, um, from Hebrews 
chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, because in order to have a strong foundation, we are not able to grow and mature until we have a strong foundation and strong understanding of other things in scriptures, of, of, of what are the things that we need to know. We, as Restoration, we want to be a church. We want to grow in our, not only in our numbers, but also in our maturity, and which is actually more important than in, in, in how big we are. But we want to grow in the maturity of us as a church, maturity in our unity, in our faith, and that's why it's important for us to go through these foundational topics so that we can know what we're standing on. Uh, it, it, it will also help us understand who we are, you know, what we have been given, and what we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Um, so what else? Anyway, and, and you know, mainly, I, I just feel that the better we have a handle of, of these foundational topics, the better it will be for us to speak to others about why we do the things that we do, why we gather on Sunday, why we gather for connect groups, why we gather for prayers. And you know, perfect example was two weeks ago when um, Mike, Mike Conway and uh, Ryan Breen shared a testimony about how when they were growing up, they were attending churches every Sunday. They just didn't know why, whether they were going. But they do know now why they were going to church. And it's good for us to understand these things so we can talk to people. We can share with people about why we attend church, why we live the way we live, why we make decisions the way we do, and why we don't follow the rules of what everyone else is doing. And the rules that we follow is according to scripture. So that's why it's good for us to understand these foundational topics. And also for, for those with kids, through these foundational topics, it's good for us to explain to our children, you know, specifically for Liam as they get older, for my, for my kids, like, why do we go to church? You know, why, uh, uh, just another topic recently, and, and this is gonna be controversial because I know it's recording, but there's a time for the LGBT at our school, and you know, we wanna talk with our kids about, oh, why is that? Why is it things like that? And explain to them what we believe in. And if we don't understand the foundational topics and what things are being taught in scriptures, we can't explain to them why we do believe or don't believe the things that's going on around us. So it is important for us to know these foundational scriptures and what God is saying. Anyway, I feel like I was rambling a lot. Let's get into the topic. We, we, um, today we're talking about the Father, but there are three, you know, there are three, God as our Father is a person because Jesus taught us our Father is a person. We identify God as our Father because when, we, when the disciple asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, and he said, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. We see that in Matthew uh, 6 verse 9. So God as a Father is a person, just like Jesus as a person. We've learned about Jesus through the whole series this, uh, of this year when we talked about the Jesus we know and love by going through the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And we also learned about the Holy Spirit as a person two weeks ago when we talked, uh, three weeks ago when we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So now we, we're talking about God as a Father. And God as a Father is also a person, one of the three in the Trinity. And, and we know that because through our faith in Jesus, it's because that's what Jesus taught us. And it's someone, I feel like as I was preparing this, God as a Father is someone people can most easily identify with as we all have an earthly father, right? We should have an earthly father. Um, but at the same time, 
he's also someone all people, not most, all people have misunderstood the most. The reason, as our, the reason that God as our father is most misunderstood because of our earthly fathers is because of what we have seen, of what we have experienced, what, what we have been taught about our earthly fathers. When I say earthly fathers, I include myself in this category because I'm a father of three kids. So we, t we, we tend to have a, uh, we have a tendency to relate our perception of God the Father through what we know of our earthly fathers. Mostly it's because we have seen so many shortcomings of our earthly fathers, right? Which unconsciously gave us an incorrect perception or incorrect understanding of our Father God. I will run through some of the attributes of our Heavenly Father, and we will understand why it is easy for us to misunderstand Him or have an incorrect perception of who is our Father in Heaven and who He is. So firstly, God as, as our Father, he, adopts, he adopted us. One of the attributes is He's, he loves us so much that he intentionally and willingly brought us into his family, all of us. We see that from Ephesians 1 verse, um, chapter 1 verse 5, it's in love. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. There are many verses like that, and I think you know, this is something that should be familiar to most of us. However, the biblical adoption is so much deeper than what we know in terms of adoption because we see a lot of people adopting someone, a kid into their family. But the biblical adoption is, is so much deeper. It's like you are becoming someone completely new. Everything about you in the past is gone, is forgotten. Like as if it's never happened. Now you are part of our family. Uh, we, we do have a couple of people, uh, I think they were adopted when they were younger at our church. And it's always a sense of feeling they were different. But the biblical definition for adoption, actually there is, in the Greek word, there's no such thing as the word adopt, adoption. There's only one word, it's sonship. So what happened is when God, when we believe in Jesus, we automatically become his, his, there's not no such thing as an adopted son or adopted daughter. It's be, sons and daughters, period. And, and I just felt as I was studying this, I just felt grafted. We've been grafted in is the best word to explain it. This is from Romans um, chapter 11, verse 17. Grafted is, grafting is, a, is a, from the medical term, I think we may have some medical people here, so hopefully I'm saying this correctly. It's a piece of living tissue that's being transplanted surgically into an existing piece of tissue. So what happened is after that, you don't really know what was grafted in and what was originally there. So that's what it really means in terms of we being adopted by our Heavenly Father. And that's how incredible He is. He is... Um, I'm sorry, I got completely distracted. So that's what he is. He's, his love for us is so great that he actually brought us from somewhere else and brought us into a family. And also God as a father, he's, he's a father to the fatherless. We know this, we hear, we hear about this a lot. And he's a defender of widows, always, always. 
there's a verse from Psalm 68 where it talks about he is the father to the fatherless. So it's not like we're assuming. He's actually specifically saying it, that I am a father to the fatherless. I am the defender of the widows. That's who he is. And he sets the lonely into families. He's able to show us God is, is so mighty and he's, he's so amazing that he is the only one that can show all of us the love, both the love of a mother and the love of the father because he created male and females. That's why even, that, that's why when you see the term defender of widows and father to the fatherless, so for those who, who did not have a father, when we have an understanding of who God is, we will know both the love of the mother and the love of the father because of how he loves. He loves tenderly. He loves with gentle, but he loves with strength of a father, but also tenderness of a mother. And that's why, that's one of his attributes once we get to know him. Uh, and he loves everyone, a defender of those in need. Everyone, no exception. The rich, the poor, tall, short, white, black, Asian, what have you. He loves all of us. When we are in need and we come to him, we will find comfort when we seek him. God as a father, he's always constant in his promises and in his love. He's, um, I just feel like I, I want to go through this quickly because I'm trying to be conscious of the time here. He's, he's constant in his promises and in his love for us. He never wavers or never changes. I, I'm looking at, around the room and I think most of us have heard or read the parable of the prodigal son, right? That's what... God the Father is like when the Father is constantly waiting for the lost son to come back. And as soon as he came back, he's still his son. He didn't change. He didn't say, well, I'm glad you learned your lesson. Now come back to me. He ran to him. If you remember the prodigal, if you read the, the parable, that's what God is. You're my son. You were once my son. You're still my son. You will always be my son. And the verse that really stood out to me was Isaiah 54, verse 10. It's like, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. That's how awesome he loves. And his promises and his love will always be constant. And God gives generously. We, we tend to think about money when God is giving generously. It's because of the world that we live in, right? We think finance is something that's nice to have, and everyone's striving after that. But we, God gives generously, and in, when we talk about what God is giving, we need to view the things that he's giving with an eternal perspective. He think long-term, like very, very long-term, like generational long-term. We read in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33, it said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So all these things are food, clothing, finance, health, sound mind, what have you. He wants to give us things that are more important than just money because he wants us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Once we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, he will give you everything that we need. Because sometimes we may think we need more we need to be faster. We need to be stronger. We need a bigger car. We need a bigger house. We need more money. But he's giving us what we need. But for us, he's encouraging us to seek him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. He wants to give us things that are so much more important than money. 
Most of us might think about money in terms of provision, but he wants to give us so much more, so much more than that. Because society has taught us that money is the most important thing, right? But it's not. Because we, we hear this all the time. When people are on their deathbed, how often do they wish that they work harder? I mean, how often did they say, well, I wish I could have put in more hours at work so I can make more money? Pretty much never. Can I say never? Pretty much never. They usually say things like, oh, I wish I would spend more time with my family, more time with my kids. I wish I could have lived life to the fullest. I could have taken more vacation, take more, do more adventurous things. You know, I wish I could have spent more time and then build relationships with people that matter. Oh, I, I wish I could have do things that, that would leave a legacy. See, there's nothing about money. When people are coming to the end of their lives and they realize what they have done and the things that are waiting for them. So that's what God is trying to remind us, is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And we will have everything else that we desire. But he wants to remind us what is important. What is important for us? And these are the, these are the things that matter, like I was saying about relationship, time with people building relationship, doing the things that will leave a legacy for all of us. That's what God wants to give to us generously. He, you know, we talked about him giving to us generously. He, uh, he, he, he I, I used to tell him a lot, like talk to talk and walk to talk, not walk to walk. He talked to talk because he gives generously, but he also walked to walk because God the Father gave us his one and only son, Right? It's from John 3.16. We know this. We see this all the time. God the Father gave us the Holy Spirit. This is from Luke 11 to 13 when Jesus told you that. We seek, come to him, and God the Father will give us the Holy Spirit. He gave us everything that is near to him. He gave us everything that is important to him. He gave us everything that has always been part of who he is since the beginning of time. That's how generous he is. He's not concerned about money. He's giving us what is important to him. He's giving us what is near and dear to him. That's how generous he is. So there's no limit to his generosity. And God the Father, he's forgiving and he's a redeeming father. Always forgiving and always redeeming. Again, you know, if we go back to the prodigal son, he was always forgiving, he's always redeeming. We see that from, um, from 1 John verse 1, 9. And uh, chapter 1, verse 9, and we also see it from Hebrews 10, verse 17. It said, their sins and lawless act, I will remember no more. He's forgiving in the way as if it has never happened. He, he, he's forgiving it as in a way he has never known it to ever happen in the first place. Completely erased out of his mind. That's how he forgives. Remember no more. He doesn't bring it up later to remind us. We're the ones that bring up the things that we've done incorrectly. He does not bring it up to us to remind us, well, you should have done this. Remember last time you did this and I forgave you? He does not do that. We are the ones that bring those things up. He said it so. The sins and lawless acts, our sins and lawless acts, he will remember no more. There's no I told you so, ever. Sadly, as a father, sometimes I use that term. But for God, as a father, not even a hint of it, not even like a facial expression to say, I told you so. He doesn't do those things. Since he does not remember, we have been redeemed as his children. There's, there's no such thing as a probationary period if you did something wrong. It's like, well, 
you got 10 days to uh, redeem yourself. There's no such thing like that. There's no proof to me that you're sorry. There's no such thing, there's no such thing of those things. What do you say when you're sorry? There's no such, any of those things. I will remember the sins no more. That's how forgiving he is, and that's how he redeems us. Because automatically, he will accept us as his sons and daughters. We see that from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 18. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And as he's forgiven us and remembered our sins no more, he will redeem us with full rights of his children. Whenever we come to him, just like the prodigal son, when the, son came, the lost son came back and wasted all the money, the father didn't really care. Was like, like, he didn't say, I told you so. He didn't say, what happened to all my money? What did you do? Did you learn anything good from all that? He didn't say anything at all. He would just automatically redeem us. Full rights as his children, full benefits, full privileges. He sees Jesus when he sees us. And in Jesus, we know this. He is, anyway, you guys know what I'm talking. So he sees Jesus when he sees us. That's how forgiving our Father is, the God, the Father that we worship and adore. And he's righteous. I just felt it was important to, to include this in there. Um, it is controversial, but I just felt it's good for us to know this. He loves us and he forgives us and he redeems us, but also there's a disciplining side to it. He disciplines those he loves. It's, it's very important to remember he disciplines us from a place of love and righteousness because he is a righteous God. You know, he doesn't discipline us from a self-righteous because of how we would look. For example, we don't discipline someone. Uh, I don't want to discipline my kids because they make me look bad. It's not from that place. That's a self-righteousness because I'm worried about how I would look because of how they behave. He disciplines from a place of love. There's a verse from uh, Proverbs 3, verse 11. I think I have it up there. Um, Next one, Liam. Can you go on to the next one? Um, next one. Keep going. There you go. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplined those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. For those who have children, we, we know that there's a, there's a tendency, they have a tendency to, to not learn the easy way, if I can say that. And correct discipline is the most difficult aspect of parenting. Correct discipline is the most important aspect of parenting. And this is to help them to grow into a productive and a contributing member of society. And that's what God wants us to, he wants disciplines to steer us back to our path, our inheritance, the things that he has for us. is to remind us that, hey, let's come back this way. This is where you need to go. This is what I have for you. Sometimes it's, it, um, I think as people in general, sometimes it takes some discipline for us to see how we've been living incorrectly. And as we come back to him, he's always forgiving. He's always forgiving, as I have mentioned earlier. When we come back to him, he will forgive us and redeem us just like it had never happened before. These are just some of the, there's so many incredible attributes of our Heavenly Father. And I'm, I'm just because of how long it took today, I'm kind of quickly just pull out some of the attributes that I just felt to share with you guys this morning, but I want to end on this one attribute due to the time restriction. And this is something that I know we all know, that God is love. His very nature is love. 
because of his very nature is love. He loves unconditionally. Because his very nature is love. He wants to give us love. Not only that, he wants to give us love and he wants us to receive it. Not only does he want to give it to us, he wants us to receive this incredible love that he, he wants to give to us. That's who he is. Love, love is who he is. And to know love is to know him. And to know him is to know love. I, I want to use the verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. And I put in some, um, what do you call those? Parentheses? And I just felt that it doesn't fully, this, the verse itself doesn't fully explain what it's trying to say. But I'm going to read it out with what I've added to it to help us have a better understanding of what love is. Love is always patient. Love is always kind. It does not envy ever. It does not boast ever. It is not proud ever. It does not dishonor, dishonor others ever. It is not self-seeking ever. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs ever. Love does not delight in evil ever, but rejoices with the truth always. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. We may have heard these verses many times through many different teachings, through many different sermons. However, this is the type of love that can only come from God. If we really sit down and think about this, only God can love like this. That's how God the Father loves us. If there's one thing that you guys can remember this morning from the sermon, remember these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. I want to encourage you guys, if, if there's one thing that you remember, go home, spend time studying it, reading it over and over, because that is a good picture of God our Father. As we, as we have a greater revelation of His love for us and how He loves it's very easy for us to trust him, to trust him, to follow him, to obey him, and do the things that he has, has tell us to do, or the things that he's called us to do. Because 1 John 5, verse 3, is said, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. So God wants us to receive his love, and as we receive his love, we will know that the things that he has for us. And once we know and receive his love, we will know that it's a privilege to serve him because he has brought us into his family from the wilderness, if I can say that. If I can say this, we were on an express train to hell, but he has rescued us. We have been adopted into his family through his love for us. Therefore, to serve God is to love him, and to love him is to serve him. That's a verse from if, um, Exodus 19, verse 5. It said, out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possessions. We are the apple of his eyes. We are his treasured possessions. That's how much he loves us. Even though we don't think it, even though we don't know it, he loves us unconditionally. It's because we are the apple of his eyes, right? Read the prodigal son again, how he quickly responds to us. We may know of, of um, as I list through these attributes, we may know of a rare earthly father with one or two of those attributes I mentioned earlier, but none have all of the attributes of God. Even if they have one of, those, um, one of those attributes, it does not even come close to God's attributes. 
Take forgiveness, for example. I will remember your sins no more. God not only completely forgives, but remember our sins no more. Uh, I think I used this example earlier. We as humans have a tendency to remember the repeated shortcomings of other people, right? Of our kids, of our children. For those who have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Even if we didn't bring it up, we still remember. Our Heavenly Father remembers it no more. He does not remember our sins, period, anymore. As in, he has never known it, ever. That's how incredible that is. That's how awesome it is. That's how much he loves us, that, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. You came to me, you're my son. You're the perfect son, the son who I love and most, who I'm pleased and most loved. That's, that's how he loves us. He doesn't remember anything that have happened, the sins that we have committed. So after looking at all these attributes, I hope we can see why God the Father is so often misunderstood by people because when we talk about forgiveness, we think in terms of, of regular forgiveness of what we've seen and what we have experienced. But forgiveness from God is so deeper. I rem just remember this. I remember your sins no more. That's the type of forgiveness that we have from our Father, God the Father. I read, um, I, I've read a statement as I was studying for this that really sum up our earthly father's well, and I want to share with you guys. It is from Floyd McClung when he said, don't resent failings of your human parents as they are just kids who grew up and had kids. That's what we are. So when we're relating God the Father to the earthly fathers that we have, don't. Rejoice in the love of a father, the God Father. Stop relating because we should not. When we start relating to God the Father, to our human earthly fathers, we will have a completely wrong perception of who God is as the Father. Our Father is always cares for us, always protects us, always provides for us. He is gentle when we come to him in a place in, in need. He is strong when we need to rest in his shadow. It does not do justice at all to talk about our Father God in just one Sunday. I know it doesn't. Each of us, we need to experience it for ourselves through our own desire to know more of Him as our Heavenly Father. Put aside the earthly Father love that, um, that we know and seek the love of God the Father. As I mentioned earlier, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. Meditate on it. Pray on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelations on it. Seek to experience the love of God the Father for ourselves. Because sharing about the love of the Father is, is one of the most effective ways to share the gospel. However, however, it is difficult to talk about the love of God unless we have experienced it for ourselves, unless we know it for ourselves. Because otherwise, it's, it's the same as you're trying to tell someone about, uh, uh, about chemistry when you don't know anything about chemistry, right? But when we know about the love of the Father, we can share from a place of knowledge, a place of understanding. That's what we're talking about. So when we know and experience God's love, we will only want to do things that please Him. We will only want to serve Him and Him alone. So when we know and experience God's love, we will not only be able to contain it, to trust ourselves, but we won't, be able, we won't be able to not tell others about this amazing love 
that everyone has been missing out on. We won't be able to not tell others about the perfect Father that loves us and wants, to receive, wants us to receive his love. That's who he is, as God the Father. I know I just cannot do justice in terms of talking about who is our Father in heaven in just one Sunday. And I know that I'm just rushing through this, but I want to encourage you guys, just go home, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7, and ask and seek to know more of who God is, because he is the one who gives, who comforts, who provides, who forgives, who redeems us, who brought us into his family, who loves us unconditionally. And remember, he remembers our sins no more. That's how incredible that is. And he treats us like he would treat Jesus. That's how much he loves us. That's how incredible that is. And that's the father that we want to know, we want to live up to. That's the father that we have the privilege of coming to worship him every Sunday. We have the privilege of calling him as our father. That's how awesome he is. And it's so one of the, there's so many more things that I want to say, but I know it's, uh, we're running out of time. But I just I want to encourage you guys to, to study more of who God is as our Father because it is such an incredible revelation. And for those who actually just have kids recently, for me, I want to share honestly with you guys, when we had Liam, I had such an incredible revelation of who God is as a Father, of how incredible His love is. And that was just a small, small glimpse of how much he loves us as a father in heaven. So that's what I have to share with you guys today. I want to encourage you guys again to just go back and, um, and look through it, study more, and seek more, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more of who God is as a father. So um, 